Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't want to be in love. Gavin DeGraw interrupting his child in order it's, to do the main riff. See, this is what I knew was going to happen. You don't know, Kate. I don't you know. You don't know. Like I said, if you knew what that was, it fucks with you because <laughs> that is little Jamie Scott or the actor that plays Jamie Scott, who you don't even know exists, singing with Gavin DeGraw. And it happened, I think, in season five. And when I tell you, like, I stopped every like my world stopped because Gavin DeGraw obviously sings this theme song it's iconic music plays such a big role in the show but then when they brought in little Jamie Scott to sing with him on the piano acapella I mean well not acapella because I just said there was a piano acoustic I I mean my heart broke hearts broke around the world and the real fans of One Tree Hill know that video through and through so but that's I still am them. stuck on the fact that he like basically no he didn't like, interrupt Shut up. I'm gonna duet. sing this one it was a duet but he's like I got well, this one don't, it was don't gonna worry take forever and, and then he like no goes way. like into his high register yeah. and everything it's like it's a little bit like man no he just knew that sing. kid wasn't gonna be able to hit the note and he was saving him from from the <laughs> embarrassment yeah where was Gavin DeGraw then when I was doing karaoke and trying to do a moment like this because I think I needed somebody to cut Wait, me off that's like a really funny like snl sketch if like every time somebody tries to sing gavin DeGraw just shows up he's like i'll take it i'll take here. this one <laughs> um well, okay let's kind of get into it because we're already talking about it so hello friends and welcome to tv watch repeat a podcast brought to you by the dip we are two tv lovers who are set to revisit some of the most iconic memorable and my favorite tv pilots of all time this one i feel like is for me we've always done we don't always do but like we've done so many shows that you know kate like in and out and this one i finally feel like i'm gonna like school you on so much yeah um but though i know you you came you came with your notes i came prepared i have notes but like i definitely this is a new territory for me uh, I'm Allison, and I'm joined by the DIP co-founder and CEO, Kate. Hello. And today we are talking about the 2003 pilot of One Tree Hill. There's only one Tree Hill. Again, that one's for the fans. I'm so excited. I teased that I own merch, and I wasn't lying. I'm not wearing it, though, because I couldn't find it. <laughs> um, but By it the way, was... I understood that One Tree Hill joke via my research. There you There's go. There's only one Tree Hill. I got that. Yes. Um, it is currently streaming on Hulu. And before we dive in, Kate is going to list off. She's going to rattle off those sources. (laughs) 
I had a uh, New York Times article from 2005, Teenage Girls Lift Soapy, Soapy Drama from Slump. I had a Cosmopolitan article from 2018, One Tree Hill Wouldn't Be the Same in 2018. 2014, BuzzFeed, 51 Facts You Probably Didn't Know About One Tree Hill. 2017, The Ringer, The Oral History of That Time a Dog Ate a Heart on One Tree Hill. And then there was an Andy Cohen interview with Sophia Bush that I'll be referencing as well. Cool. Um, I can't wait to talk about that heart. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, what a show. <laughs> I, so, like, I got to say my frame of reference for one tree. Hill yeah. I want to know. Was, so I never watched it unless it was on the soup. And there were like three iconic clips that I learned from the soup, which is one Dan getting his heart eaten by a dog. Stay out of it. Nick Lachey, which was from Nick Lachey's guest appearance but first just when i thought i couldn't love one tree hill anymore they went ahead and brought on nick lachey <laughs> not fair cw in any event this dream come true led to this totally natural moment which inspired our new segment stay out of it nick lachey why don't you tell me you lost your virginity to brooke davis nice peyton told me but it should have been you the losing virginity topic really isn't something a guy likes to bring up to his girl or himself. But then again, your premier star, Brooke Davis. Stay out of it, Nick Lachey. And a scene which I wish we could have this be a visual medium because there is a hilarious clip that was shown on the soup in which a waiter comes to fill up water glasses and is like, oh, I can get uh, here's I got some more water and literally fills them up like the teeniest amount and it's just it's one of those like funny like continuity things that are just ridiculous so that's my frame of reference of of one tree hill other than that and kind of hearing about the sophia push chad michael murray relationship which is Mm -hmm. so much more interesting now that i've researched it Mm -hmm. um that's all i know well (laughs) i couldn't i can't say the same so one tree hill was so i had like two shows that were three shows that were like molded me and I think that it goes charmed Veronica Mars and then One Tree Hill and One Tree Hill I I, I got into later um I, w- I think I was a sophomore in high school so I I believe they were already on season four by then but I caught up within I bought the DVD box sets and I caught up within like two weeks and I fell in love with it I watched it all the way through I have to say my memory is a little fuzzy on the later seasons just because I never rewatched those, but I have rewatched the whole, like one through four. Again, the fans know, like just, you should, it should have ended after four, five. I can give them a pass, but um, I'm so excited to talk about it because it means a lot to me. I just like watching the pilot. I I wrote so many notes. A lot of them (laughs) are just character names with a heart next to it. Oh my God. Mine are a lot of question marks. I've got a lot of question marks. Like Jake Chikowski heart. Even having, even having, you know, watched the pilot and done all this research, I still have no idea what the arc of the show is. Like, I I don't know where it goes from after the pilot. And how it gets to That's Dan's heart love. getting eaten by a dog, which is literally the only thing. And Nick Lachey coming in and refusing to stay out of it. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, again, music is such an important part of this show. Um, every episode is titled after a song, um, which is always fun. And they're always songs I didn't know because I was, like, not cool and didn't, like, like, Hillary Burton is just, like, the epitome of cool. Peyton specifically like she loves music but like as Nathan says like her weird rock or whatever he says in the pilot but yeah me and half the team whatever you you know what you want to be a bitch that's cool just sit in your closet listen to your loser rock and I'll see you tomorrow she I mean she is certainly like she was who I wanted to be and I and then like the music just takes over so you had your Nick Lachey's you had your um, Pete Wentz iconic episode. It kind of like, see, this is how you must have felt during Arrested Development because, like, I, for me, like, I'm saying these things and I know the fans out there and DM me on Instagram, DM me on Twitter, guys. Let's have these conversations because the Pete Wentz episode is iconic. So thanks for going on this walk with me, Pete. The doctor says it's good therapy for my leg. No problem. And you know your friends are pretty cool too. Oh God, we shared all the crap they were giving me before you showed up. 
I was starting to get scared you were going to be my snuffleupagus. Your snuffle-what? My snuffleupagus. But yeah, this means nothing to you. It means nothing. I do know, though, that One Tree Hill is named after a U2 song. No, it's named after an Australian land or New Zealand landmark. But he was listening to a Joshua Tree by U2. Like, that was, like, Mark Schwann's, like, inspiration was, that's why. But it's named after a New Zealand landmark. Oh. See, this is going to be a problem. This is a, yeah, this is it. I am lost on this. I am lost. Like, Kate never gets her facts wrong. And that's <laughs> on the, Wiki- that's on the Wikipedia. <laughs> like, that's on the Wikipedia. I got that from the Wikipedia. Oh, boy, this is going to be a journey. <laughs> so let's start um, from the beginning. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. And I feel like there's no more fitting way to start the behind the scenes discussion than with a quote that I read from Sophia Bush to Andy Cohen during an interview. And the quote was, Hillary Burton and I used to laugh and we were like, if we had a behind the scenes show, the drama would be so much fucking better than the drama that the writers write. Because in researching all of these shows that we have researched, I don't think that I've read about more behind the scenes drama than I did on this show to the point where I'm, I'm like, I, who would want to be on this show? It sounds like an awful experience. It sounds yeah. like all of these actors struggled in a huge way and it just seems terrible. So we're going to get into a little bit of that, you know, starting the actual you know conception of the story, uh, the show where it came from. It kind of was like the little show that could, I feel like, throughout its entire run. So it was created by this man named Mark Schwann, who is not a good guy, and we will discuss him more at length in a bit. But he was a film writer who worked on movies like The Perfect Score. And One Tree Hill wasn't even supposed to be a TV series to begin with. He wrote it as a movie about basketball called Ravens. But then Yeah, this blew my mind because I had no idea. Yeah, I mean... that to think that somebody could have thought looked at a script surrounding basketball and been like let's turn this into a series nine seasons of a series yeah but wb did and it still seemed unlikely at the time to make it to air but then one wb series failed to live up to expectations making it did so it didn't come to fruition so then one tree hill was rushed into production to take its place the executives demanded eight episodes made up front, which is difficult for any series, let alone a series that did not have any huge star power or a huge buzz or an experienced staff behind it. So every day they expected cancellation when they were making this, but WB recognized an opportunity here. They said, you know, Dawson's Creek had just become this really big show for teens and, you know, something set in that same location, which was Wilmington, North Carolina, would kind of remind people of what they loved about Dawson's Creek. So So when did Dawson's Creek go off the air? Because I also clocked the reference uh, to Dawson's Creek in the pilot. And I was like, when, I mean, I certainly could have done this research myself, but I didn't. It's 2003. Um, So it was aligned almost exactly. So where one ended, the next one began. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, one producer was talking about this said like WB knew which buttons to push. And so this was just like their idea to bring this in and, and have it have a replacement. So um, so they got started on the casting of everything. Uh, the main casting thing that I thought was interesting the story behind it was that Chad Michael Murray was supposed to play Nathan mm-hmm. and James Lafferty was supposed to play Lucas until Chad Michael Murray was like, I want this role because it's going to stretch me more dramatically. And I will say, having watched the pilot, I want to break in the history a little bit to to discuss should those have actually been reversed? Because I thought Mm. it was so weird that they were playing the roles that they were playing. And somebody who haven't watched the rest of the series, I'm like, there's no way that Chad Michael Murray is some like super smart guy that nobody pays attention to and it's kind of in the corner. And like, there's no way James Lafferty is that guy that everyone's like, oh yeah, that's the hunk. Wait, I actually disagree with that last thing. I mean, I think I, he's very attractive, but he's like, he's got like Ken Marino energy to me. He has, you know? he like, looks so much like Ken Marino. It is crazy. Which like to me is lovable. And like, it's uh, not, it's not I mean, the same. you thought Nathan was lovable? In, oh, you as think a James looks like. I think he I looks lovable. And so for me, seeing him in the role, that's more of like, you know, I'm a studious kid who doesn't know my promise versus Chad Michael Murray, who is clearly the hottest guy in school. Like there's no way that that guy goes to high school and it's not immediately catapulted to the top. of. But the he's like, kind of like, he hangs out with kind of like the not popular group, but he does get catapulted into popularity 
when he, you know, joins the basketball team. Well, I'm not what's, there yet. <laughs> but what's interesting is, what's interesting is I actually, and the fans will agree, uh, Nathan has the most character arc on the show, hands down. Lucas is pretty thorough the entire time. He is this kind of introverted, um, I don't want to say loner, but he is kind of a bit of a, a loner. Uh who enjoys his books. <laughs> oh, I found and... that to be so eye roll worthy. Like it feels so much to me, like a Jess Mariano, like I'm quoting Steinbeck. You can't you know. say it's like a Jess Mariano. And did this come before it? No, Gilmore Girls premiered before. When did Gilmore Girls? Shut up. This is just upsetting me because like we are talking about 2003. <laughs> this is forever ago, guys. And I remember it all. Um, Okay, yeah, wait, let so, me see. I'm looking to see when, when yeah, what Jess. Came first, the, the Jess or the Lucas? Okay, so Jess's first episode was in 2001. Oh, so Jess wow. is first. Jess was, okay, you're and right. And it seems like this prototypical, just like, you know, bad boy with a heart of He's gold. Not bad, with a good though. brain. I mean, yeah. they, they play, I mean, the, in the, I, I guess you know the series better than me, but in watching the pilot, it seemed like he was kind of more of like the, the person on the other side of the tracks. He is whatever. the other side of the tracks. I mean, his dad like gave him no support. So his mom was like raising him as a single mother. And, and I found that whole conceit really confusing too. I was just like, wait, who's the parent of the setup? I thought well, was like a little whole, like, bit. It's like too. a reveal. It's a reveal that right. like Dan is his dad and Keith is his uncle who didn't like abandon Karen to, uh, you know, not have like a have a like a, a father figure in Lucas's life. Every night, it's not the same, Luke. Why? What makes it less of a game if people don't see it? I'll tell you why. When I was a kid, my father took me to Raleigh to see David Thompson play. When I was nine years old. I could have cared less about basketball, but when Thompson stepped onto the court, he was so young so quick and just so graceful I, I was mesmerized but as I was saying Nathan definitely goes through the most change in the series in my opinion um and is a complete asshole in this pilot Down by one man I'm choke now and he is like that for a bit until he hooks up with Haley and you know starts to soften up a bit but even then he has his problems and it's all because of Dan Dan is Dan is like, and I was reading a Reddit thread. Um, he's the ultimate villain, like ever. He has his good moments. He has his horrible moments. He's completely despicable at other times. And he also almost dies like 75 times throughout this entire show <laughs> that I actually had to look up what was it that actually killed Dan. Oh, I so he does remember. die? Oh yeah, he does. He gets shot by saving, by taking a bullet for Nathan. Uh -huh. so, so he kind of redeems himself in the end. I mean, he kills Keith. He kills his brother. This is a bunch of spoilers. So now I feel I know, like I is. can't actually watch the rest of this. I'm, but I mean, you just need to know like where, like Dan's path, like there's a school shooting episode. Aha. Uh -huh. And, and I've totally forgot that we see Jimmy, who is this, the shooter, um, in he's friends with with Lucas and he's at the river court with mouth and with skills. And he is like, he was like their commentator and it, it, oh God, I mean, it's episode three sixteen. It's like, I just remember these. It's like when, you know, that TikTok where it's like, what something that lives in your head rent free. Yeah. This it's this, like the fact that I can just say what episode this is, is like, it's all here. It's all up here. So when I forget to like respond to you, Kate, via email about something, know that it's because <laughs> I remember these things. Well, you know, and the other, uh, other cast members, I don't really have too many other interesting stories behind them getting on the show. Um, you know, besides Sophia Bush auditioned three times and only got the role after the series was greenlit. And the first time she auditioned, she was told she wasn't sexy enough. And the second time she was told she was too sexy. And the third time, I guess she was, you know, she got that, that, that middle bed and, you know, <laughs> is just right. So, uh, so she got cast then. Um, and that's like, that's like the only interesting casting stories, but you know, Did you know that Minkus was in this? Well, I did now that I watched it. Did you didn't know ahead of time? 
I did not know ahead of time. Was that fun for you? That, it was fun. It was fun, it, it was fun. But then I also just like felt such sympathy for him where I'm like, he played a minkus and now he's a mouth. Like, when can he get <laughs> an actual real name? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an historic night of basketball. I'm Mouth McFadden, along with my gamey partner, Jimmy Edwards. And Jimmy, we're in for a treat tonight. Well, the mouth thing does come into play, though, because he becomes quite the kisser. Uh, oh, that's in, gross. That no, just grosses me. That oh, grosses me out. Don't desexualize mouth. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here's a little fun fact about me. Mouths disgust me. They just, they just gross me out, yes. period. And yeah, so like the idea that like somebody named mouth because he has a big mouth is a good, like, it just like, I, I feel the breath on my face and I'm it's, just like, I want to get out. It slobbery, right? Yes, exactly. It feels like it's just like, I don't, I don't want that. So I that bothers it. me. But it's just so fun because like, he's such a like, I mean, it's, it's, it's Lee Norris. It's, it's Minkus who we all love. I mean, I do like there, this is, this was one of the pilots where I did feel like, okay, I don't want to focus on these popular kids or the good, like the handsome people. I'm kind of more interested in these people, these nerds in the corner that are like basically announcing the event. They seem to be, to be a more interesting storyline than just your prototypical teens that we were And what's great too, is like, they are just as much of the show as the others, you know, like you have mouth is, is a a main character and Mm. skills is just as important. It's never just like, Oh, remember Lucas's like river court friends. It's like, they're on, they're in it. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about like the origins again too. So, you know, basically they had all this, you know, conversation around where they thought they're going to cancel. They didn't think anything was going to happen, but you know, they did have the secret weapon, which was Chad Michael Murray, not a huge star by any means, but he had just appeared on Gilmore girls. Yeah. Dawson's too. So he attracted the attention of a key. He was in Dawson's. He had a guest role. Yeah. Um, so he attracted, you know, teenage girls. So, but the one problem was, was One Tree Hill initially focuses attention on sports. So the audience coming for Chad wasn't necessarily like interested in the free throws and the college scholarships and all of that. So it kind of made it difficult for that first season to really attract the attention that it needed to. But the series then saw the opportunity to shift the focus more towards teenage girls, helping it cement the stronger audience with storylines that centered around, you know, what else? Sex. Mm-hmm. but that ended up being a big problem behind the scenes. So it was a topic that not many cast members were comfortable with. Hillary Burton told Cosmopolitan in 2017 that every girl, and I'm quoting her, every girl on the show was written as a hooker with a heart of gold. I was square all through high school. So when I had to go back and do high school for the second time for One Tree Hill, and my character was like walking out of the shower with her boyfriend, what, what are you talking about? But the main culprit in this was the fact that their writing staff was primarily male. Well, that's interesting too, especially when you know kind of like what happened behind the scenes. Oh also, yeah. Through yeah. the allegations of Mark Schwann. But 20... even the way they were writing them, like they say, like Hillary I Burton never thought said, about like... that, but it's totally accurate. I mean, the way that they treated these 16 year olds. Right. Right. And... Like 30. <laughs> she said there were a lot of senseless underwear action. And like, that's sort of like that male gaze that everything is shot through. Right. Where like, it's like these teens are sexy and everything where like, it, you know, that might not necessarily be the best message to send across. And that's not to say that doesn't happen in other teen shows. Like we see like there's sexy teens and teen sure. shows everywhere we'll for, Girl. for sure. But I think that this was a little bit of too much in front of the screen mm. and behind the screens, the point where even Sophia Bush even back in like 2004, when she was talking to the times, um, she said about some of the scripts that she receives, there is no way I can do this and go to sleep at night feeling like a good person. And that was in like, that was in an article that was like a, this show is really fun and everybody loves it. Like, so it was, it was almost like played like a joke in the article, but at the same time, when you actually hear about what they go through, it becomes something bigger. And like the, the cast members, even, um, uh, Danielle Ackles, I don't know who she plays. Yeah. No, you know her. Oh, I do. You know her from her maiden name was Harris. Um, she's married to Jensen Eccles. Oh, Eccles! There you go. Yeah. I mean, I know Jensen Eccles from Days of Our Lives turned Supernatural. Yeah, and everything else. But if you um, saw her, you'd know her. Like she's been in a lot of stuff. But so her character got yes. into a car with alcohol, and it didn't reference that it was bad. Didn't say anything bad about it. And Mothers Against Drunk Driving contacted her to be like, "That was irresponsible of you." 
I, I, um, you know, it's so crazy because like when you watch it, you watch it through, like, I, I was a square in high school too. I mean, I was voted most unforgettable, but I was not like, <laughs> I was not, you know, having like the parties that they have on one. I mean, it, it, it just wasn't, my experience was not like this at all. Um, but with that said, you watch it kind of voyeuristically. And so I think you're so much more forgiving of it in hindsight. I mean, it's 2020, right? You watch it now and it's, and again, knowing kind of what these women have said that they've got, they've experienced and gone through while making the show too. It makes it really kind of sad to hear these quotes um, and to see the positions that they were put in uh, as young, as young women. Did I ever tell you my superlative story from high school? What were you voted? Well, nothing. Oh, that's part of the story. (laughs) That's part of the story. (laughs) So, uh, we had, I, I, at the time I had colored contacts. So I had these like blue eyes or whatever that looked like crazy. Cause I, you know, I was like a teenager. I wanted to play around with my, my looks a little bit. And so I was heavily campaigning. I, I was on the, I was on the yearbook, like team. And first of all, I made sure that there was a category for best eyes. And then I wanted to campaign for myself. I was trying to fix this whole thing from the back. So I wanted to campaign for myself to get it. And then I also had a somewhat small crush on this boy named Joe Kelly, who had really, really nice blue eyes, like really, really pretty. But he was like a very under the radar guy. Like he wasn't one of the popular kids, but he was just like sort of there or whatever. A so, little bit, or I'm sorry, a little Kind Lucas. of. Yes, actually kind of. Um, but he was like yeah. super quiet. So he would, he kind of was not really as much of a presence. So um, I went around and I campaigned for myself and I campaigned for him because I wanted to have a picture with him. Because like, you know, then you, as soon as you have a picture with somebody, you fall in love and everything works out and then um what ended up happening the contact colored contacts you were wearing were were blue blue yeah yeah and I have brown eyes so it it probably looked pretty freaky to be honest but um but ultimately what ended up happening was I didn't win Hallie Wiener won but then Joe Kelly also did win so I successfully got him you But then he took a picture with Hallie Weiner, who legitimately does have the best eyes. She has these beautiful long eyelashes. Like she deserved oh, it. People knew also like you were campaigning for something that you didn't actually like you manufactured. Right. No, I was faking my way. And I also was sort of like an inside job because I worked for the yearbook committee. And so oh it would have been sort of like an unethical, you know, breach for me to. to fix oh, that is so funny. Get yeah. Well, for me, it was like most unforgettable which I took is like, you hear that and you're like, whoa, that's a, it's pretty good. Right. Yeah. The, um, the guy that won it, he was like, you don't forget him. Like you're not going to, is it? Well, I don't, I don't want to put him on blast. Is he famous? No, 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 no. Like, it's like, he was kind of, I think like a little people, I'm, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, like people absolutely were horrible. Like they were mean to him. People bullied him. Oh, that's sad. Incredibly nice person. I've no, I knew him since kindergarten or not kindergarten, but elementary school. And he was somebody that like, I thought people were voting in almost a mean way. And then of course, to me, I was like, well, what's that? What's that mean about me? Like, (laughs) you're like, you were not going to forget her. Like, do you remember that girl? That's what they're saying about me. They're like, oh my God. But, you know, look, I'm going to choose to be a glass half full person. At least you and got one, man. Like, that's a big I thing. I like, did. And never look, getting a superlative a is something that I, I don't love that I'm going to die with, you know? It's a, it's a good part. It's like a, you know what? Everyone loves somebody at a party who f- 15 years after high school tells everyone what their high school superlative was, because that's when you know that that person is still about to peak. <laughs> well, I mean, my, like, so I, I have Forbes 30 under 30, but I still would yeah. have preferred most unforgettable in high and school. And I would just like to remind everybody, like, I'm ready to take on that title. Kate can pass that baton to me. <laughs> I have. You have three months. years. I ha- what? How old do you think I am? 27? No. What? I have, I'm 29. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. We got to get to work. I have months. So if Forbes is listening, my, you, you can easily get in contact with me and I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't want to, I'll make your job easy for you is what I'm saying. <laughs> 
Um, she can write her own blurb. Like, yeah, I'll do it all. I'll take a photo of myself, um, whatever you need, but let's segue the conversation to the Chad, Michael Murray and Sophia Bush situation. Oh, please. I knew that they had gotten married obviously and gotten divorced very soon thereafter. It was within months of their marriage. And yeah. I didn't realize sort of the set. It was during the show. It. It's during the course of the show, but Sophia Bush told Andy Cohen about marrying Chad. It was not a thing that I actually really wanted to do because mm-hmm. how do you just let everyone down? And when you have your bosses telling you that you're the only person who gets to get, who gets a person to work on time and 200 people either get to see their kids at night or they do, or what? they don't because our days start on time. She said she felt basically like pressured. Is Andy getting these on Watch What Happens Live? I don't know. I mean, this is the first time I've heard any of this. I mean, it happened years afterwards, but um, it was rough. It was rough for her. I remember we did an interview with her and right prior prior to it was when um, Incredibles 2 was coming out. She plays one of the villains in Incredibles 2 or maybe she's not a villain. I don't remember. She's in it, guys. Okay, just look it up. (laughs) Uh, And she like there was a lot of press coming around around that time too about her her marriage to him and and it again is very sad like I'm almost like I'm sad now you've made no, me I, sad I, it was sad and like thinking about the fact that like the crew was basically like you need to marry him because you're the only thing that can keep him straight and yeah. the fact that this is still there's so much bad blood still between them that yeah. this was years later and she was willing to basically put him on blast on national television and he of course like hit back and was just like you know what the fuck but um but like I can't imagine that they I'm, were able I'm, to I'm work together Sophia oh I mean too. always oh, oh like always look ever since a Cinderella story no. <laughs> you just like you just can't. Don't trust a guy with two names. I think his name is Austin James in that movie. I don't trust him. Oh, yeah. No, you can't trust Lucas him. Lucas Scott. I'm not. Shut Lucas up. Scott, wait, hold on. Wait. Is this hold whole on. career? Hold on. I got to look up to make sure I was right about a Cinderella story because if that's the case, guys. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's Austin Ames. Just drop the J. <laughs> so, but still, that's Lucas close. Scott, a guy with two names. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, to see if there's other things that he's Sam yeah, Phillips. What? Sam Phillips. <laughs> Who are you playing what? Gilmore Girls? What was his name? Oh, his Tristan name Dubray. Tristan, yeah. That's not Charlie I mean, Todd. He was Charlie Todd in Dawson's Creek. Guys, we are <laughs> uncovering something. Uh, in the Omega Code Two, which Excuse he did before. Me? It's, it's called Megiddo, the Omega Code 2. He played David Alexander. Jordan Owens, c- drop the S. You got Jordan Owen. <laughs> oh, this is wild. This is wild. But Cameron Williams, guys, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> but like it's it's you had like this this ugliness happening behind yeah. the scenes. But then you had like all of the other ugliness too which we didn't find out about until the me too movement so um uh mark schwan the creator was eventually called out for allegedly inappropriate behavior on set uh members of the cast and crew penned a letter to variety in 2017 in the midst of the me too movement accusing him of quote-unquote traumatizing sexual harassment and the quote in variety was many of us were to varying degrees manipulated psychologically and emotionally more than one of us is still in treatment for post-traumatic stress Many of us were put in uncomfortable positions and had to swiftly learn to fight back, sometimes physically, because it was made clear to us that the supervisors in the room were not the protectors they were supposed to be. Many of us were spoken to in ways that ran the spectrum from deeply upsetting to traumatizing to downright illegal. And a few of us were put in positions where we felt physically unsafe. And Hillary Burton wrote a memoir. And in that, she wrote, in my particular fairy tale, there had been a villain who pitted female actors against one another, pushed us to do gratuitous sex scenes that always left me feeling ill and ashamed, told young female actors to stick their chests out, put his hands on all of us, and pushed himself on me, forcing unwanted kisses. And Sophia Bush was on Ashley Graham's podcast and said that one boss, she didn't name who, uh, you know, told her that she had to get in her underwear, basically, and she was uncomfortable. And she's and he said to her, "Well, you're the one with the big fucking rack. Everybody wants to see. Like this is bad. It's, it is so bad. And and to think that this lasted nine seasons, 
seasons despite and this it didn't all last just on one tree hill i mean the same thing happened with the cast of the royals um which was on e also by mark schwan same allegations or similar allegations came out then and i think it was a combined 23 women where it is just like you know something that i do think about a lot is separating can you separate the art from the artist and it is i'll be honest like this is it's difficult to kind of think like what were these like young women feeling and going through during this show that like for me was very formative as a teen mm-hmm. and for them it likewise and not necessarily in the best way Uh, and that's really hard to kind of like come to terms with when you really, I mean, when I tell you this show, this show just meant so much, it meant so much to me. And so it's hard to hear that. And it's in, it's certainly something that like, I'll be honest, I haven't revisited the show since those allegations came out a few years ago. Um, but it makes it harder to want to revisit it as well. Well, I feel like this might be one of those situations where it's a little bit less to me, like, you know, uh, listening to Michael Jackson's music or listening to Drake's music or whatever. Like, to me, it feels a little bit more like this. There's enough people. um, He's not on screen. He's He's not on screen. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely the creator, but you, you know that there's enough there's enough other, there's enough other things happening behind the scenes that make it feel like you, you could still watch it and enjoy it. And, but still also know that some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and feel sympathy and empathy for the actors that had to go through it. Yeah. And probably not just the actors. I'm sure more members from the crew also dealt with it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who have not felt comfortable coming out and speaking about it too. So, um, you know, I, I stand with them for sure, because it's very sad. And, and I hope that, the people who are still, you know, dealing with any type of PTSD and also just the repercussions of going through that are okay. But, um, and I think like this, even it feels like when you look back at a lot of the reporting throughout the time, like whether it was that Sophia Bush quote that I said, or circumstances involving, um, Chad Michael Murray and Hillary Burton's departure, which, uh, you know, talking about that, the, so basically in 2009, they both left the show. There was a leaked video of Chad Michael Murray, where he said, they're not bringing me back next year because they want to save money, start blogging and be pissed off. So yeah. it was allegedly very much a money thing. And that sort of ended up getting hacked onto Hillary Burton too, where everyone right. contract negotiation to which very soon after that stuff happened, she talked to EW and said, there wasn't a lot of turmoil. It was a fabulous six year run, which is how long my contract was for. And I feel lucky to have been a part of the show. So when I hear that there's turmoil negotiations based on money, it hurts my feelings because that's not what's going on at all. I think my fan base in particular knows that money isn't necessarily a big motivator to me. Yes. I work in independent film. Yes. Love Hillary Burton and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh my God. I love them. I love, I love that. If you're not following them in their farm life, what are you doing? <laughs> but to me, like reading back on this, I mean, she definitely was worried about seeming money motivated, yes. which would make it hard for her to get roles as a woman in Hollywood. Would be a problem as much for Chad Michael Murray, but for her. Um, and then at yeah. the same time, like she kind of goes, bends over backwards to kind of make it seem like everything was A-OK. And you know that part of the reason she left had to be because of everything that was happening behind the scenes, because well, you can't go through that and be OK with it. Yeah. I mean, I will say too, like their departure for me as a fan and not being as embedded in it when I was, you know, I didn't know for me, I was just like, I can't believe that they're leaving. Yeah. Um, I didn't know everything. It was, it, it actually like, look, the show should have ended, you know, like that was where it would have been a clean, it would have been a clean close. It should have ended after four. And like I said earlier, even season five was fine because they do the, the time jump. Um, but yeah, it, it, to me, I was kind of, I almost feel like it was for the best. Like it didn't get good after Mm -hmm. that. Look, if you want to support Hillary Burton, watch her and some of the One Tree Hill cast in their Hallmark movies. They do Christmas movies together and it's some of the best, it's some of the best, or maybe Lifetime. I don't know. One of them. It's some of the best television content you'll ever see. I think like two years ago, like six of them were in one movie together. Oh my God. That's crazy reference well they all have a great relationship still like they all still like do reunions and everything well except for Sophia and Chad but it seems like that whatever darkness happened behind the scenes brought them closer eventually 
Yeah. We've been talking about a lot of serious stuff. I do want, I have got a lot of fun facts, but then I also want to talk. talk I want to talk about the pilot. That's what I'm saying. I want to talk about the episode and I want to start off by saying like, how in the world was everybody so shocked that Lucas could play basketball given he carries a basketball everywhere he goes, everywhere, (laughs) everywhere he goes. And also it's like, well, if he's not on this court, Whitey says it, if he's not on this court, he does, he's obviously not serious. It's like, what? (laughs) So if you're not on a high school basketball court, but you're on like the town's court that every single day, you're not a serious basketball player. Okay. Okay. Whitey. it, it, and he's just like dribbling a ball constantly everywhere he walks. And all he does yeah, in the pilot is dribble a ball hunch? and look at people. What? But do you see he dri- dribbles with a hunch? Yes. Like, and I also almost, I'm like, I don't think that was him in the beginning when he's like walking. I hope to God not because I'm going to need him to go see a chiropractor stacked. <laughs> well, I also love too. It's like, uh, when he's on the, he's on the, the ball, the ball field, he's on the ball field, the ball field out of here. <laughs> he's on the court with, uh, the other like towny kids, I assume. Right. Like that's what they're supposed they all to live be. in the same town, but yeah. And they are like the quote is like, we, you don't belong here. We belong here. And I just, yeah. uh, it doesn't make, I mean, don't you guys ever think that maybe we belong here? No. We belong here. You've never belonged here. There is like a bit of like classism in the show too. And you said it best when you were like wrong side of the tracks and that like there are people like Lucas who is certainly not grown up with a silver spoon in his mouth where then you have Nathan who lives in a huge house has always gotten what he wanted. Um, And I think that, but at the, I mean, look, I don't think Lucas is like struggling, but I think that it's a matter of like, you have your fancy cars, your fancy house, your fancy life, and we have this court. And for them, that is their life, you know? And, and I think that it's a, it's a fair comment. Nathan doesn't belong on the river court in the first episode. He's a piece of shit. He calls Hillary, sorry, he calls Peyton a bitch. This is his girlfriend. But with is Lucas particularly better at basketball than any of those other kids? Like, uh, than the ones on the, the townies? Yeah. You call them? yeah. They don't even play. Skills is great. I mean, his name is Skills. They were playing with each other. But like Mouth doesn't play. No, he's an announcer. But like Skills is fantastic. Like and Skills ends up, spoiler alert, on the team as well um, eventually. But uh, yeah, I mean, Lucas is... I, so yeah, I don't know if I want to say Lucas is better than Nathan, but I would say they're pretty, pretty even. Like, I mean, he is like incredible. So and, I, and I say incredible as in like a scripted way. I have no concept of what makes a good basketball player. <laughs> so I wrote in my notes, uh, nipple ring, exclamation point, exclamation point. And I can't remember who had it now that we're talking it's about Nathan, it. And I also wrote Nathan's nipple ring, exclamation point. <laughs> Yeah, he has a nipple ring. It's not great. Is that is that a is that like continue throughout the rest of the show? Like, I think it comes out, but he has it definitely in season two. I can tell you that. Does James Lafferty have a nipple ring? I don't know if he actually pierced his nipple for it. The problem with this one is, is there are so many characters, which I'm impre- I don't even know if you were able. Still, to Still, am not of. even clear of who Keith is. Keith is um, Lucas's uncle, who Karen talks to a lot. But like um, uncle on which side? Like there's just too many it's Dan's parents. Brother. There are it's, too many parents. <laughs> it's Dan's brother um, who Dan kills in the shooting. So like that gets kind of set up because you realize like they are not like Keith is kind of like he's the moral compass of the show. He's just a good person. And Dan, I think, envies him for being a good person. And he knows he's not. I just think that there's too much setup in this pilot in a sense where like I walked away confused where I feel yeah, like I get they it. should have really established like they shouldn't even have had this Keith character in the pilot. They should have just left him out completely. They could have figured out another way to get Lucas on the team. He, let him in an episode two. Let him in an episode like let me let me like melt into this family a little bit. I think more. it's to show that like he has a father figure. And it's but I, but I needed in the first episode to understand who the hell was who. Oh, and on, on the it. topic of them being miscast, I would say down to the mothers, like Lucas's mom is a brunette. And yeah, Nathan's that's mom always is a blonde. been a thing. So it's like, a- why did they not 
like because Deb is like Deb's got her own issues I mean she has like she, I don't doubt that like there are issues I'm just saying the Moira would not casting. have been a good she would not have been a good Nathan mom for well, what they should have just told Chad Michael Murray you know what you are playing this role just live with it it'll be fine I think the, I think James Lafferty is a great Nathan I'm not saying he's bad but I'm saying Chad Michael Murray to me does not does not is not the brooding brooding he is though he is you just need to you're see here's I I think the problem with this pilot because you haven't it's not a pilot you just watch and walk away from and I think that that is like our podcast kind of we used to ask before I was told it was stupid (laughs) if uh, would you keep watching? And this is one of those that like, I think the pilot actually makes it difficult for you. It makes it difficult for you to not keep watching. If that makes sense. Oh, like, I disagree. I, wait, I, no, I am happy to not it, watch it, it makes it difficult to want to keep watching when you like, when that's all you have to work with, but when you keep watching, it is, it's so good and it gets so complicated, but in like, in a great way. Did you notice how um, wide Lucas's sweatpants were when he went to go sit with his mom on the curb? I did not. Oh my God. There, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, each leg is two feet wide (laughs) from hip to ink to the ink. I love the two thousands. What a time to be alive. I can't believe it was 2003. I mean, that really blows my mind, but it, it makes sense. I have the, like I said, I have the DVD box sets of this show. So and the merch I have is a clothes over bros t-shirt um, that I thought I was so cool wearing clothes over bros is like the fashion line that Brooke Sophia Bush creates on the show. And one thing that the show did that was really interesting was every, not everything, but like a lot of the things that happened in the characters lives, they were able to kind of bring to real life. So she creates this fashion line called clothes over bros and you were able to shop it to mm. a degree. That's cool. The same thing happens when like um, they had, you know, musical like albums come out and they had one, um, one album called Friends with Benefit. And that was, it's a great album. I mean, the music on this show is very similar to the OC in that like, there's just iconic music moments and the Friends with Benefit album was all the proceeds went to breast cancer the same way that the show was dealing with a character that has breast cancer. So a lot of like really good, like in, uh, infiltrations into real life via the show. I mean, um, as I said earlier, like Haley James Scott, she becomes a singer and partners with Tyler Hilton. They came out with songs together that weren't just like the show, like you could actually like get your hands on these songs. So kind of a fun, it, it made it feel more real, you know? And, and when I was 16, I wanted that. You could still buy a clothes over bros tank top. Well, I don't need to, because I got about three of them. <laughs> um, well, I have fun facts. Do you want my fun facts? Please. Okay. So I've got a bunch. Uh, this is the fourth longest running series in the CW history. It's behind Smallville, Seventh Heaven, and Supernatural. So why one tree hill? Uh, we, I, I assume fans understand this, but uh, in case we have some non-fans listening, in the 22nd episode, Karen says, there is only one tree hill, and it's your home. Yep. So even though and the town then, is tree hill. In the, in the finale, Haley says the exact same thing to Jamie, her son. There's only one tree hill, Jamie Scott, and it's your home. So kind of comes full circle. I do love a full circle moment. I will say that. Uh, the basketball court used in filming was a court that Michael Jordan played on in high school. Whoa, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So legends you know, are made here. Legends. Def- definitely. And you know, Lucas is close. Uh, it was supposed to be set in Illinois. Okay. As an Illinoisian, that's a big no. <laughs> it's just like something fun about like, North Carolina. I just like can't picture this in Illinois. I mean, I can. It's like definitely like an Evanston thing, but like, or you know, you know, like North Shorey. But no, I mean, it's a no. It needs to be in Wilmington. It needs, to, or they film in Wilmington, but that's no. It needs to have like that Southern vibe. Yeah, I agree. There's like the, the romanticism of the South is kind of nice in any team drama, I think. Yeah. If it's not going to be LA or California, we got Mean Girls. Goes. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. 
and um, other shows. Uh, yeah, this, the Skokie Mall can only be featured so many times. Uh, One Tree Hill used Sophia and Chad's divorce in promotional ads. That's fucked up. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Like I'm telling you, this seems changed- like the worst place to work ever. You've changed my entire view of this show. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. I'm so no, sorry. I mean, I still love it, but <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sad now. I'm sad. Um, the, I said that I know this from the soup, but I will say, I also know this from America's Next Top Model because Carrie D had a small part after she winning did. a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being very excited for her. Very excited for Carrie D. Big hands. I'm so, so sorry, Anna. I'm just not used to working this close to a girl. Well, I mean, a woman who is, like, this hot. Oh, my God. You're so cute. I could eat you. I always loved when the, um, when the, like, America's Next Top Model cast members got, like, cameos. I loved that. There was one. I mean, again, this is just, like, my, the things I know. Um, oh, God. What was her name? I think it was. Naomi Naima Naima was on Veronica Mars and then they killed her off (laughs) that would be an honor to be killed off on a tv show 100% because it was the mystery of the second season I mean it was iconic like she went down with that bus so god I love that uh but yeah the iconic and Carrie Carrie D like I mean go listen to our go listen to our America's Next Top maybe don't I don't know (laughs) <laughs> that, was, that was a very early one. We, I, I don't, I can't vouch for it. I don't yeah. know. Um, okay. But then I want to talk about the, the dog heart episode, which of course is one Please. of the most famous episodes to the point where anyone who does, hasn't watched One Tree Hill even knows about it. So yeah. the episode actually started as a joke. So they often said that in the writer's room, they would throw around a lot of plot lines as like a total farce, just kind of like in the creative process. And this was one of them. And then eventually it ended up getting, you know, moved up because there was a producer named Joe Davola that made that ultimate decision. And do you know who Joe Davola is? Is that name ring a bell for you? Davola? Joe Davola. No. So, is it Warren Littlefield's son? No, well, it's it's connected to Seinfeld. So he Oh my inspired... god, I was gonna I was gonna politely pass away if you told me that he was connected <laughs> to Warren Littlefield. He inspired the character from Seinfeld, Crazy Joe Devola, if you remember oh, him. Yeah. And he was supposed to be this like total, like, you know, just wacko guy or whatever. Um, and so he was basically like, No, we're doing we're doing the dog heart thing. The it's dog happening. heart? Yeah. So uh the original dog, though, that was supposed to eat the heart got fired from that role because he would not eat the heart. So they had to swap that dog out. Oh. And, uh, you know, I hate quoting Mark Schwann, but like he just in, in a ringer uh, oral history, he said so many of the boards immediately were like the show has jumped the shark. First of all, we were more than 100 episodes in. Second of all, we jumped the shark in episode two when Nathan and Haley got married. <laughs> Oh my God. That's kind of funny. It's, it's, it became like a joke, uh, of like Dan Scott won't die because he just, he dies almost all the time. Like he, you know, tries to kill himself multiple times. (laughs) He gets hit by like, I mean, he's like constantly almost dying and then just doesn't like he is. He's like a reverse Kenny from South Park. But Kenny, oh, because Kenny always dies. Like, oh my God, they almost killed Dan. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) I mean, so that's the heart, the dog heart thing. I remember watching that and just being like, this is going to go down in history. And it did. I mean, it It certainly did. And Joel McHale has said, it's one of the most perfect scenes in television history. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Um, So take that. I'm the one who knocks. Like, this is the one that's the most famous. I have um, a fun fact. Oh, yes. Tell me. It's not that fun. But did you know that actually more than one crow is called a murder? Yeah, I did know that. Okay, whatever. Whatever. This is, (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Did you know that listener? Because I'm sorry. That was something that I did not know. I thought everybody said it. What? That's like a thing. Everybody says like, oh, yeah, a group of crows is a murder. No, people don't say that. People say that all the time. Just go on the street. You have people saying it. 
that's you're right. You know what? I hear people saying it on my window right now. So, um, okay. Okay. Let's, do you have any more fun facts? Well, no, my last thing is that, uh, I think it's a perfect segue that, um, you know, obviously the first season did okay. It actually had the distinction of its second episode performing better than its first episode. It was only one of three shows that season that had that distinction, like overall, which is interesting. Um, it definitely picked up in season two, but then there was still skepticism around renewal and so on and so forth. And they, there was a lot of comparisons between like, will the ratings bat and the ratings battle between, um, OC and what tree Hill, who's going to win. So it always comes back to OC who did. Oh, I actually don't know. Look, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying we got nine seasons of one tree Hill and four. That's true. That's true. Although I would say that wait, did we get four of yeah. Four seasons of the OC. The, I would, the one thing that I would say in defense of the OC is that one tree Hill was sort of this like under the radar hit that like people who watched it loved it and otherwise you never really heard about it. So it was kind of allowed to have some moments that were like, you know, jumping shark moments or like whatever. Whereas the OC came in in so hot and it was like the hottest show that as soon as it started to wane in quality, then it was like, well, it's over and it should end. And then like past became more famous so they could do other things and all that kind of stuff. So like, there's a reason I think that, nine seasons versus four happened. Do you think that the cast of the OC is more famous than the cast of One Tree Hill? Yes. Are you, you really think that? Do you not think that? I don't Do think, you really I think, not think that. I, th- I honestly, I think you're wrong. Explain to me how I'm wrong. I mean, let's go step by step. Who is more famous? Chad Michael Murray or Ben McKenzie? Okay, well- Okay. Here's my thing. Okay. So Chad Michael Murray has a past. No, that, I, I mean, like, a, he's like a nostalgic fave. Sure. Whereas Ben McKenzie has had steady good work ever since. Like, Gotham, How? he had a leading role in Gotham. That show was on forever on Fox. But the thing is, is like, Chad Michael Murray has had, like, um, I think, uh, is more name recognizable. I'll give you that. The name is more recognizable, but I think that. I would, I think that more successful is Benjamin McKenzie. Oh, I mean, I post, post that, post their How dare you? He was a, Chad Michael Murray was a cult leader on Riverdale. (laughs) Who tried to get out of town on our rocket This is why I'm right. He is a supporting role on Riverdale. Benjamin McKenzie would not take a supporting role at the stage. It's called a celeb cameo? Nah, uh, uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Not okay, like a, well, let's keep going. Let's keep okay, going. Okay, fine. Sophia Bush or Misha Barton? Is that the perfect lineup or is it Hillary fine, Burton let's say, and Misha Barton? Let's say, okay, Hillary, Hillary Burton, Burton, Barton. Misha Barton. Burton, Burton versus, versus Barton. Barton. Uh, definitely Misha Barton is more famous than Hillary Wrong. Burton. Wrong. I think Hillary Burton is happier. Okay, but if by your logic, who's making more money right now? I'm going to be honest with you. It's not Misha Barton. But everybody knows Misha Barton's name. A lot of but people you can't don't choose. <laughs> now let's go on to Rachel Bilson versus Sophia Bush. Bush uh, versus Bilson. Rachel Bilson had the name recognition and the ability to headline her own series for four seasons. I knew you were going to bring up Heart of Dixie. Of course I'm going to bring you- up Heart of Dixie. <laughs> but okay, I I think that Sophia Bush is the bigger one out of those two, but I understand what you're saying about Bilson, but I think, I think if like, if you're being honest with yourself, you know, it's Bush, but it's fine. Like, we'll, we'll, I'll give you it because I know Heart of Dixie is so important. The one I will give you is I will give you Adam Brody versus James Lafferty. Right. But that's the only one I, I honest, like in my purest of heart, the only one I actually think that you have like an argument for is that one Adam Brody Brody though has more name recognition and fame than all four of the main characters but why because he's Seth Cohen he's an icon okay I understand that but that's because you liked you love the OC he's a strong character but there's nothing else and likable and wonder like he's somebody you want to follow I do not want to follow Chad Michael Murray I do not want to follow sure James Lafferty. Oh, I follow James Lafferty. I see you, James Lafferty. I think you follow me too on Twitter. 
Are you listening to this right now? I think we're following because each I, other. I, I take it back. Thank you for listening. I'm going to tweet him because <laughs> we've had a couple exchanges. You guys can look it up. Um, I think he's engaged. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is a great segue into, I mean, I know the answer, but is it better than the OC? Hell no. I disagree. I think that the One Tree Hill pilot How is better. In the world can you say that but this Kate, is better? It's, Maybe, what is the iconic line? I don't, but I don't follow your rules. <laughs> I don't prescribe to that rule. And you've made that up. And you tell all of our guests that. But I've <laughs> never, and look at the, roll the tapes. I have never said that that's how I, <laughs> I rank things. I understand that if you have not seen more of it, but Kate, this is a treadmill show for you. Well, that's what my husband keeps telling me, but I'm not, yeah, I'm I don't not know partaking. why, like, it's not okay. on Netflix. That's the He's main watching problem. LA's finest over here, but I'm God for right now, but God forbid we get her on one of the most iconic teen soaps ever. <laughs> Wait, but it's on Hulu. Just watch Hulu. But on Hulu, I have the ads. Oh, well, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, I could I pay chill for that out the no extra ad life. $5. <laughs> yeah. Pay for that no ad life. Um, okay. Well, you well, know where else where you don't get ads? On a peacock? On the dip. Oh, she did that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you brought up the dip because it's something that's near and dear to our hearts as well as our as well as our career. So if you enjoy what you're hearing on this, you know, podcast, as well as Pop Chaser, our other podcast, you can find it 24-7 on thedip.com, which is uh, an entertainment pop culture mecca of, of all things celeb TV, entertainment news, culture. We talk about Peloton on there. I don't know if you guys are into that. We are. Uh, and we just really want you guys to check it out. So because of that, we're going to give you a promo code. It is TV watch subscribe. It gives you 50% off of our yearly subscription. And, and we're a female founded brand new company. So you get to also support female founders in the process. Yeah. And I mean, you should be doing that. So just like look at your life choices. If you choose not to, <laughs> I don't know. We're talking that's to you, James Lafferty. That's something to really like look in the mirror and ask yourself, like, why do I hate women? <laughs> so uh, once you decide to, you know, to be a, an ally, <laughs> you can find us on the dip. We're commenting away. Talk to us. Like we want to participate in conversations with you guys. Um, and you can also, of course, like always talk to us on Twitter, James, uh, or Instagram, wherever you want to find us, you can find us at the dip. Um, and then check out our new podcast, pop, pop chaser. It's a daily pop culture podcast. It's really fun. It's really fun. And, it, and it's just gotten to be dramatic too. It, There's some behind the scenes trauma. We had a bit of a scandal. Um, when I was off for the day, there was some, some drama that happened. So if you want, you can just check out, you know, last week's episodes, um, and you'll, you'll follow along on the drama. And I'm telling you, you guys, we haven't seen this since Harry and Megan left the Royal family. <laughs> We're going to have to have an it Oprah is, sit down. Oprah has contacted me and has asked, were you silenced <laughs> or are you being silent? She's asked me. So I'm maybe going to speak out about it. Um, Lindsay Mannering. It who is, is, it is being addressed on the podcast. However, Look, Allison is not taking enough responsibility. <laughs> there will be a statement made. There will be a statement made. Will it be joint statement? Probably not. But it will come out. The truth always comes out. Just know that. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I uh, hope everyone checks that one out because it's it's near and dear to our hearts. And um, until then, we will tease. Oh, no, watching. About, yeah. What we're doing next week. Yeah, but we're going to do next week, which is very exciting because Kate and I love this show and we're really excited to talk about it. It's Sex and the City. Oh, is it? I always surprise you when we actually do have a plan. Yeah, I forgot we had that <laughs> planned, but I'm, I actually yes. am excited about it. 
Yeah, so it was my quarantine watch of 2020. Watched the whole thing. I mean, the I've watched it. first time she's ever seen it. No, I've seen it a million times before that. And it was, but it was a really, really great quarantine watch. And we are welcoming on the podcast alongside with us. We've had some awesome guests lately. Um, and that that streak continues with uh, Jennifer Armstrong, who is a New York Times bestselling writer of Seinfeldia. And maybe she'll have some Warren Littlefield stories for us. And oh she also God. wrote uh, Sex in the City and Us, which is a more or less, it's, it's an oral history. It's a, it's a biography just about Sex in the City, how it started, and has a lot of really great behind the scenes details about the writers and the process and all that kind of stuff. So she will probably come in with a lot more knowledge than I will have, oh, a lot more sourcing sure. than I will have. So I'm going to be here just fighting for Big and Carrie. <laughs> So we'll just sort of let like let her tell us everything about it, but it's going to be really really fun and um and yeah everybody should read her books too if you if you get the chance because they're really great reads. Yeah, well we will look forward to that next week, and until then we will leave you guys with this clip. What is up? I was attacked by a flock of crows last week. I'm totally serious. Uh, by the way, it's a murder. What? More than one crow is a murder. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? A, a parliament of owls, an exaltation of larks. Murder of crows. I think that is why people think you're weird. Right there. <laughs>